Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 187. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarTshirtClub.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. Today we chat with David Badgerow. David is an animator, mixologist, and drooling bastard who dropped by the Desert Oasis Room to do a video swapcast with us for our respective YouTube channels. And while he was here, we decided to turn the mics on and record the session you are about to hear now. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got t-shirts and pendants available right now. And reservations are now open for the latest addition to the Desert Oasis Room line of tiki mugs, Tanga Roa. Modeled after a local carving, I acquired on the island of Aitutaki in the Cook Islands over a decade ago. But act now, there are only a few left. Alrighty, grab a cocktail and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. And give it up for my friend, David Badgero. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Thank you. Thank you very much, Adrian. I appreciate you driving out on a rainy Saturday. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's really exciting to be in the Desert Oasis room for the first time. I'm excited that we get to do something together because I've known you for so long and I feel like we don't hang out enough. Yeah, that's true. So we need to change that and I'm glad that today is a step towards that direction. So thanks for coming. Yeah. Up, up until now, we've sort of been uh, unintentionally hanging out. Right, <laughs> we right. Run, we run, run, bump into each other here and there. Yeah, everywhere from the Tiki Tea to Tiki Oasis, we've seen each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really jonesing for Tiki Tea right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything, not just Tiki Tea, but all the other bars as well. Absolutely. And it's been an adjustment. How are you going through this pandemic? Well, the as far as Tiki goes... Um, 
it's funny, like I've, uh, this has been an opportunity for someone like me who I know you, you're already for, pretty far down this road, but for me, I've been building up my home tiki bar scenario. Oh, cool. And uh, really expanding. I sort of made the decision in uh, March, April of 2020 to commit and be like, okay, like now that all the bars are fairly inaccessible, right? <clears throat> now would be the good time to uh, dive in, go out, do a, a pretty serious purchase of everything that I need to make all the recipes I need. Okay. And so it's been fun to sort of go through that and discover a lot of, you know, I've been going through the um, sort of the, the Beach Bum Berry catalog yeah. and drinking a lot now, of stuff. There. Are you a drooling bastard? I am. I thought so. Yeah. Okay. So when you're going through the Beach Bum Berry catalog, yeah. are you doing something that's different than what was in the Grog Log? Are you going through like potions yeah. or, or some of the other books? I am I am going through well, so for me personally I've been going through his um, app, the Tiki app. Oh, okay. Yeah. Total Tiki. Total Tiki, yeah. Right. It's been extremely helpful. And and for the most part, I would say I've been trying to try drinks that I never had when I was on my Grog Log, you know, okay. uh, journey. Okay, so when you were doing the Grog Log, and I think I've asked you this before, sure. what was a drink that you discovered that you liked uh -huh. and that you discovered that you didn't like? Fabulous, yeah. And what is a drink that you discovered that was not on the Grog Log if you're also going through some of the other Beach Bumberry stuff yeah. that you liked yep. that something maybe surprised you? Yep, I have I have ex exact answers for all of those. Okay, all right. <laughs> and I didn't even plan it. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the thing is, and I think that you could probably relate to this, is that um, as you go through the rum journey, and, and I'll, I'll certainly admit that I'm, I'm certainly much younger in this journey than you are. You, you have a lot more experience in this in terms of... Uh, yes and no. I'm not a <laughs> drooling bastard. But but still, like okay. you you know the cocktails pretty well. And yeah, I mean, like I, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Um, yeah. I know... The bars that I love, I know the bars that I'm okay with, yeah. and I know the bars that I'll probably never get a good drink in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, um, when I did the, uh, it's like 78 cocktails that you do right. for the Julian Bastard Challenge. And I remember when I finished it, of those 78, my favorite was Pieces of Eight. And that's that's a pretty straightforward drink when you look at the recipe. That's an equal parts of everything drink. Um, there's passion fruit in there. There's lemon and lime. It's a white rum drink, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And uh, and the thing is, is oh, well, I'll get to that in a second. I'll I'll just simply say that was my favorite drink when I was doing the challenge. My least favorite drink was a toss up between. Um, and for anybody who's maybe listening that has done the challenge, the Tonga Hut likes to say that it's everyone's least favorite drink. Okay. <laughs> which is um, Beachcomber's Gold. Right. Beachcomber's Gold is, uh, I think it's a dry vermouth. Uh, it's basically it's a lot. A lot of people like to describe that drink as um, drinking an ashtray, <laughs> and <laughs> so it's it's a very you know specific flavor. Yeah, that's how I'll yeah. put it. And that was the same for me. You know, another one that I didn't expect. There was well, as far as what I didn't expect was some drinks that I thought I was going to love that. It turns out I didn't love uh, two of them. One of them was the Boo Lu. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I thought I was going to love that drink, and I wasn't a big fan. Most people finish on the Boo Lu. Oh, interesting. Wow. And it's because of the pineapple. Oh. So they save that till the end. Wow. Right? Because that drink is served in a hollowed out pineapple. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So they want to do this kind of grand、yeah. thing for the photos and the well, that that's funny because ceremony. I specifically tailored mine. I was so okay. So while I was doing this, when I did it, so. "Quote unquote," so long ago now、yeah. that blogs were still a thing that people right, really followed,、right. and so I had a tiki blog at the time, and I was running through the whole thing. Okay, and I had tailored the whole list.、Once、I, I read ch- your blog. Yeah, <laughs> I remember your blog.、Okay. I called it the Grog Blog. <laughs> right, right. I and I when I first started it, I took a look at the whole list and I charted out. I was like, every ten drinks is going to be a milestone drink. That's like a classic. Gotcha. And then I, the final ten, I made all super classics. And then I specifically made my final drink, the Scorpion Bowl, for the photo,、okay. so that it would be served in a bowl. Yeah. And then I would have a whole group of friends there. Yeah. yeah. And and, you know, they. I, I wish I was there. <laughs> well, I don't know if they still do it, but back then, at least, they did a thing where they asked you. They they said they were like. So the end of your list is coming.、Um, do you know what day it's going to be? And then if you do,、ah. do you want it to be an event? Yeah. And they would advertise it, and they would say, "Hey, like Dave Badrow's finishing right, his frog log. Right, We're right. gonna like call, call." They would say, "Calling all bastards." Yeah. So all the former bastards would come, and、um, Tiki Tom was there, and he would take a photo where Tonga you. Tonga Tom. Tonga Tom. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah Tonga、That's、Tom、right. would be there. Yeah, and、uh, he would be there, or and then he would take the photo where you're in the center and、right. all the all the bastards. Exactly,、yeah. it was great, and so that's what I did, and that was the whole reason, so that I wanted it to be that in the photo I was、Got、holding、it. the ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the other one was、uh, La Florida, where、um, ah. where I was like, the like this one doesn't really sit. Is it like、me. a daiquiri? It is. Okay. Actually, yeah. Okay. So.、Um, Just from the name, I, I I guess that. So I'm not a bastard, and the reason why is I'm very much a creature of habit. When、mm-hmm. I find something that I like, I'll order it again and again and yeah. again. Yeah. And it's not that I'm not open-minded to try new things because、sure. I am, and I would even challenge people that are going to call me out on that <laughs> to to go with me and eat some of the things that I'll eat that they won't even try. Yeah. You know, because I I I am open-minded enough to try new things. But when you look at the price of a cocktail,、yep. to me it's like that's an expensive drink. That's a lot of money to spend on something that is a maybe.、Yep. You know, so if I find something that I like and I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend like fifty, sixty dollars on a night out drinking,、yep. or more, yeah, then I better like everything that I drink because if I do that every week, that's the that's like a car payment. It's you know what you're absolutely right. Like that's. That is something that a lot of the bastards sort of have to commit to going into it.、Sure. It was something that I knew、yeah. where I was, and, and, and I don't need to finish the list. Like I, that's not important <laughs> to me, you know.、Yeah. So what's important to me is that I get what I I feel like I got value for my money.、Yeah. And from what I understand, two thirds of those drinks are really not that great. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So、um, and the and that's why I didn't go down that route. Yeah. You know. The the thing it's I have such a distinct memory of being just over the hump on that list, and a fellow like cocktail lover friend of mine who knew excuse me that I was going down that list went, reached out to me and he was just like、um, he's like oh are you missing all the drinks that you、right. usually drink right now I'm like right. oh so much yeah like, yeah yeah he's like oh yeah you and I I looked forward to it especially towards the end well towards the end I was getting excited but I was like. 
um, once the you know yeah. light at the end of the tunnel was in sight. But but I was like, yeah, I have so many drinks specifically on the Tonga menu that yeah. I love that I just couldn't do. You can't do was, because yeah. you're yeah. You when you're there, you're just trying to work that list. Yeah, yeah. And because they put it on a time limit and everything, it was right. just like, all right, well, and I, that was a whole schedule I had to work out ahead of time. Right. Like I have right. to visit it every week. I have to drink this many drinks per week right. to hit the deadline and everything. Have you ever done any other lists? Anywhere else? Not yet. No. Yeah. Um, I almost, we were talking about this earlier. I, I lived in Canada for about three and a half years. And uh, the Shameful Tiki Room in, in Vancouver has a great rum list that at the time I wasn't into sipping rum so much. But uh, in retrospect, it's one of those things that's, yeah. had I known I would have been there that long, I would have definitely gone down that road. They have, yeah. a, they have a great, you know, rums of the world. They they do it much like um, like Ventiki does the same thing sure. where it's it, they give you a passport yeah and then they you know you go around the world every region exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. like the West Indies and Jamaica Interesting. and Africa and everything yeah I've never finished any rum list before mm. I, I as I mentioned that's not really not really interested in that but I mean like to each their own right. I mean, even at the Tiki Tea, I've never had every drink on the menu at the Tiki Tea. And I've been going there since 1995, 1996. You've been going there so long that uh, that's back when the Wheel of Indecision still worked. Right. Since <laughs> before that existed. Oh, my God. Since before the Wheel of Indecision existed. <laughs> wow. Since before, uh, I mean, before a lot of things existed, before the bull existed, wow, before... Goodness. Um, you know, I mean, and, and here's the thing, like even at the Tiki Tea, which is uh, everybody knows that that's my favorite bar. Mm -hmm. I've probably only drank about a dozen drinks there and hmm. they've got 96 drinks yep. on their menu. Yep. And again, I'm the kind of person that I'm a creature of habit. When I go in, I'm probably only going to have two drinks, maybe three. I don't have to go outside of that because I, I already know of the dozen that I've had. Maybe I've had more than a dozen, not much, but... Maybe I've had more than a dozen, but of all of those, I can pick three. Mm. You know, I can say like, okay, these hey, are the three I'm going to have today. Yeah. You know, and so um, I just don't have to try everything on the menu, and that shocks a lot of people. You know, mm. um, it, I guess it is what it is. But uh, well, it's, I mean, it's funny because when I used I used to live in Sherman Oaks once upon a time, yeah. and so. Tonga Hut was super. Yeah, close yeah, to yeah, me. really close. And uh, that I was sort of the same way, but uh, and. Uh, forgive me if this is like a micro tangent, but for me it was almost like um, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but the Tonga Hut likes to do a thing where they have per their bartenders, they have a specific menus per bartender. Right. And so it's like, oh, if you're right. on, if you hear when Sid is here, right. Sid has his own menu, and so that was the thing that I used to do when I used to go there. Um, well, I still go there, but for, you know, it's been it's been closed for a little while. Yeah, it's been uh, closed for God. It's been and we're coming a up year. on a year. Coming up on so, a year, but yeah, like Sid, Sid is uh, probably my favorite bartender there, mm -hmm. and he makes my favorite cocktails. And so that was the thing I would try to time it if I could to be there when he was there to just get his cocktails. But if he wasn't there, just like you said, <clears throat> I'm like, oh well, I'm going for this house cocktail at right. Tiki Tea, you know, or Tiki or at Tonga Hut. Tonga Hut, yeah. Yeah, they have the. The secret recipe blue Hawaiian there. That's probably my favorite house okay. drink. Okay. And uh, what makes it the secret recipe blue Hawaiian? They make a blue Hawaiian that, well, I guess the simplest way I can say it is that they construct it in a way that no other blue Hawaiian is made. They use okay. very, very specific ingredients. Um, 
do you know who? It was Marie that made that drink. Okay. Yeah, Marie okay. King uh, constructed it. <clears throat> I I happen to have the recipe. <laughs> oh, you do? How did you get it? I've been sworn to secrecy okay. by Marie King. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to ask you for it <laughs> sure. because I respect that. Yeah, yeah. So yep. people have reached out to me about certain recipes that are made at the Tiki Tea. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm the same way. Yep. So I have recipes that I won't share with people out of respect for the secrecy of the recipe. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I'm, I have to That's the whole that. point, right? I mean, yeah. People whole, must be asking you about the raised mistake all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's the one that they yep. ask. But the, the thing is that the, the, that's the tradition of Tiki. The tradition yeah. of Tiki cocktails is that there's secrecy, yeah. right? And... Not everybody gets to know. Yeah. And seriously, though, let's just say you knew the recipe to... I'm going to throw the raisin mistake out there. Sure. Let's say you knew the recipe to the raisin mistake. Yep. Would you enjoy it more in your home or would you enjoy it more at the Tiki Tea? Absolutely. Because that's part of the experience of the drink, yep. right? To me, it's like, okay, you can only get this drink here. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of having this drink is... You're having it like it's it's the story, it's the history, it's it's the whole it's it's everything behind the drink. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um and so yeah, so you can make it in your kitchen, you know. Yeah. But would you rather drink it in your kitchen? It it, it loses its magic. Yep. You know. Well, so that leads me into something that um, if you don't mind me jumping, not at all. Sort of topics here, uh, you know. The just the world of all the different like um, famous tiki bars around the world that yeah. there are, and uh, for example, to just to jump on that uh, that topic, the in Hawaii, for example, like the the quintessential cocktail. But I always think about in terms of like, oh well, I can make this at home, but it has a severely different meaning in person. Is the Royal Hawaiian Mai Tai. And right. That's I think that's sort of a touchstone example of like right. um it's a it's a it's a recipe that's pretty widely known but when I'm sitting at the actual Royal Hawaiian Mai Tai bar right. at the Royal Hawaiian like hotel it's magical. It's magical. It's yes. magical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the same goes for I mean this is very specific but like when you go to uh the where the Singapore Sling was created, right? Yeah. And uh, and that bar still is still open today which is crazy that is crazy (laughs) uh, uh, but but any of the it's one of the things I get really excited about is going to a bar where I'm like oh my god this is where the cocktail was actually made you know well as an example we made well we tried to make a tiki tea blood and sand sure we I guess we missed the passion fruit (laughs) but (laughs) we had the bull we had the tequila float yeah we yelled the toro yep but it's not the it's not tiki the same, tea. It's yeah. not the same. Not quite the same. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's there. Yeah. There is that is part of the drink. That yeah. is part of the spirit, the experience, and the magic. Yeah. Right. The the blue wine at the Tonga, for example, that, that just like the passion you just exact. You know, that was how I got the recipe. Actually, it was an, I, ch- I happened to choose a night where Marie was. Sometimes she sort of like guest bartends at her own bar. Right. And. Uh, and it was uh, this is before I moved away from USA for a while, and I told her I said, "Hey, you know, I'm a bastard, and I've been coming here a long time. I love your blue Hawaiian. I've been trying to replicate it at home, yeah, yeah, for years. And I'm and I'm like, could you give me a hint? Yeah. And she was like, Well, I can't just give you the recipe. Yeah. But 
She goes, I'll make you a deal. If you can guess within a percentage of like the accuracy, I'll tell you what actually is in the drink. And so that was the thing. And I, you know, like I said, I won't give away the recipe here, but it was one of those things where I was, I threw out all these things. And I'll just say that one of the things that I thought she was using, for example, was <clears throat> I thought she was using like coconut cream. Right. And I was like, well, it's coconut cream plus this, 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 this. And she's like, nope. She's like, that's where you're wrong. That's that's one of the things that most people get wrong about the drink. Because <laughs> there's coconut cream in every blue Hawaiian. Yeah. So that's a safe guess. Yeah. So yeah. I love that that's not it. Yeah, it's not it. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Yeah. There's a fusion going on there that she, that she's doing that's... the. And it was all those things where I would like peek and look, like, oh, okay, you're putting this and that and the other in it, but you know. But anyway, yeah. So so I it's and, and just like you said, now that I know the real recipe, I've made only this only in 2020 did I finally make it at home. Yeah. And it was fun just because Tonga was closed. And you nailed it. To be like, wow, it smell it looks yeah. and smells yeah. like it and it tastes like it. That's yeah. great. And you're like, this is it. This is it. Yeah. But like you said, can you just make like, one, can you make one here? I, I maybe if we have the right stuff, <laughs> yeah, maybe we could do it. Yeah, so I want to try one. Yeah, now. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like you said, it's one of those things where I'm like, wow, having this just makes me miss Tonga all the more. Yeah, you know? yeah. So so Man. so th- this is what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, so I wonder, like you you say, you know, like you're you're not like a big rum connoisseur and whatnot. I'm not. However, given your you know, how deep you are into the tiki culture and whatnot. I have to imagine that you've been to an incredible number of tiki bars around the world. Yes. Yeah. I've been to a lot, uh, a lot of which have closed yes. in the past two decades. Yep. Um, do you, so uh, you probably don't have this written down, but if you had to ballpark it, do you know how many unique ones you've been to? Tiki bars? Yeah. Ooh, I've never written that down. Are you going in triple digits? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, if I had to guess, yeah, uh, maybe eighty. I, I don't know, honestly. So I've been to, um, I've been to a lot of tiki bars that a lot of my favorite ones have closed or are in trouble. Or yeah, they're in danger of yeah. closing because of COVID. Absolutely, and I, I miss a lot of them. Certainly, yeah. Um, some of them have closed within. The time I could have gone and see them, seen them, but I didn't get a chance to. The, the Maikai is now on that list for me. <laughs> that's that's. I'm going to tell you, man. Like if we a, lose, I, I don't mean to derail this, but no, sorry. no, no, not at all. If if we lose the Maikai, yeah. that's going to be devastating. Yeah, it's and, one of the, and biggest, the reason the being oldest. is it's the last of the grand yeah Polynesian palaces from the original. It's like when the big tiki explosion happened in the mid-century, you know? Like, it's from that world, right? Yes. So it was opened in 1956. Yeah. So, the Maikai is unbelievable. So, the thing about businesses today, they just don't spend the money that they used to, right? Mm-hmm. You look at a place like the Maikai that's so elaborate, so detailed, lots of acreage. It's, this is a giant property with multiple rooms attention to detail and not just the decor but also in the food and the drinks and the entertainment yeah they just don't do that anymore and and the reason why people don't do that anymore is because there's risk associated with investing that kind of money into a place that you don't know if it's going to succeed so 
they minimize their risk by going in and investing as minimal as possible. Yeah. And the Maikai is the only thing that's left yeah. from that era. You had the Kahiki, which was like that. Mm-hmm. You had restaurants like Don the Beachcomber, which yeah. were not as grand in scale, but as detailed in their presentation. Yeah. Right? I would say the Bahuka was the one Bahuka was another one, yep. which we used to go there almost every Friday. I used to take my kids there almost every Friday for decades. You see the big piranha? Uh, it was a Paku. It was, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Rufus, you're thinking right? of Rufus. Rufus. Yeah, which is close to the, the Paku and the Piranha are like cousins, right? Uh-huh. And let's put it this way. When I was in high school, we used to go to the Bahuka because a friend of mine used to uh, be a waiter there. And we would go when he was working so that we could drink. Because he, since he was a waiter there, he would just let us drink the cocktails. We'd order the cocktails and then he'd serve the cocktails, mm-hmm. right? And... Back then, it wasn't the nautical paradise that it was when it closed. The walls had signatures and writing all over it because that was a thing. And in later years, after the Book of Tiki, if you went in there, you could still see names scratched into the booths and stuff that were painted over. Those were holdovers from before. Yeah. Um, and the way that people saw it after the Book of Tiki, when it was chock full of stuff, that was actually considered very bare compared to the way it was when I was oh, in high school. Man. You couldn't see the ceiling. Yeah. It was covered. You know, people invested into themed experiences like that because yeah. it was more than just the food and the drink. It was about the experience, yep. right? And you had so many big fish in there because those fish grew up in that bar. Mm-hmm. And the, the People just don't do that anymore. Yeah. They just don't build spots like yeah. that anymore. You probably know the name of the one that was in Ohio. That was like a... The Kahiki. That, that's his Colum- Kahiki. Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So that's another one that was a, a grand Polynesian yeah. palace. Huge. Right? Yeah. And they closed down, I think it was 1999 or 2000, somewhere around there. It was at the turn of the century. Yeah. They were even on the National Historic Register. Yeah. And they still closed down. So that doesn't even guarantee that they're going to be around. Sure. The property was just worth too much money. Walgreens bought it, yep. tore it down. And That's right. Yeah. yeah, built a drugstore there. <laughs> it's a shame because, like, you know, you have these historic spots that just, they're just they're going away one by yeah. one. And they're never coming back. I mean, yeah. you had a place like that that said that they were going to reopen, yep. right, the the Maikai said that they were going to reopen. That's, Don that's the Beachcomber in Huntington Beach said they were going to reopen. We know yeah. how that just yeah. doesn't work out. And even if they did reopen, they're not going to invest the same kind of money into the structure that yeah. they left. You know. Yeah, that's what killed that. That's I. I thought of it only because that's on my. That was on my list of like t- classic t- tiki temples I need to visit before they close. Yeah, the Maikai yeah. is just the Maikai is worth flying to. Yeah, just for by itself. Just yeah. for itself. Yeah, you don't have to go there for Hukilau. You don't have to go there because you're going on a cruise and you're you're cruising out of Fort Lauderdale. It is worth buying a plane ticket and going out to for the weekend. Absolutely, and then flying back home. It's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it would be a shame if we lost it, but I think that there's an effort to keep it around. Yeah, they're looking for investors and they're looking for partners that will get them to. Where do they need to be? I mean, there's there's a there's a hole in the roof the size of a truck. Yep. There's repairs, structural repairs because of that yeah. that that need to be addressed. Yeah. And that's what started this whole thing, right? That's what started this whole yeah. thing. But what what worries me is the Maikai has always been the kind of place that 
needed repairs that they couldn't afford. Mm. It's been like that for decades. Mm. And so you have something like this that happens, and this is like a major repair, and it happens during a period of COVID when they're not even open for business. A very heavy straw to break the... Yeah, so yeah. that's what worries me, but we're going to cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. That's, I wanted to talk to you about that, that very now shallow pool of remaining super bars. Right. Um, in that list, you have places now like the Contiki in Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. Are they in danger? Uh, I don't think so. I think that they're hanging on. So, the Contiki in Tucson, which is a Milan Guanco shrine, mm. they claim to have the most Milan Guanco tikis in any place anywhere in the world. Okay. Um, I might buy it. Uh, oh, wow. I think Don the Beachcomber with formerly Sam Seafood yeah. in Huntington Beach yep. had maybe as many. Okay. I don't know. Uh, they look very much the same. As a matter of fact, 311, the Band 311, yeah. had a video, and people were debating whether that was at Sam Seafood <laughs> or at the Contiki. Wow, which video is it? I love 311. Oh, uh, I remember the song. Oh, it's like the song. We're going yeah. to find out. And yeah. We're going to we'll, we'll, we'll post we'll it in the show we'll notes. A, yeah, we'll put a link <laughs> below. But uh, when you look at that, you're going to look at that and say, oh, maybe that is, oh, was Don the yep. Beachcomber. Yeah. I think it was determined to be at Contiki. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd hate to see that place go too. Yeah. So you know, to say that they're not in danger is a relative term right now because yeah. I think every bar is in danger. I think every bar is in danger. <laughs> but I, I haven't seen it. I've, of course, you're probably doing the same thing. But like on a bi-weekly basis, I check up on my favorite tiki bars. Just be like, oh, please don't close. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I do that too. And to be quite honest with you, and I don't want to sound negative, but. Yeah. A lot of them have hung on longer than I expected. Yeah. We're coming up on a year. Yeah. So a year of bars not being open, yep. I don't think anybody has reserves to last a year. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever thought that they'd have to. Yeah. So the fact that some of them are still hanging on is a miracle, right? Certainly. So, um, And I hope they can hang on just a little bit longer because, you know, with a vaccine coming, mm. maybe things are going to start turning around. Yeah. But I don't want to see that we end up losing more. And we even have on the other end of that spectrum, um, neo tiki bars that right. uh, some of them have been in the very unfortunate, unintentional circumstance of opening right before right. lockdowns. Um, Did you know I was going to open a bar last year? Yeah. So before, right before we get into that, because okay. I really want to talk about that. All right. Um, my, I would happen to say, and I'm, you know, you. Every time I ask you about Tiki, you always you always surprise me with how much more you know than I do, um, <laughs> which I shouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, is uh, the the bar that opened? I think it was two months before March, so they opened in January 2020, and it was Bahuka. Uh, or no, 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 it was Bamboo Club, yeah. Long Beach. That's one that opened up yeah. super recently, and um, I think it's fabulous. I think yeah. they've done a really, really good job. They did a great job in that bar. So that bar was on Bar Rescue uh, was bef that, was before they got it. Bar Rescue is like, it was uh, John Taffer is the host. Okay. It's one of these where like your bar is failing and then they, it's a reality show. They bring oh. this bar expert to come oh, in and okay. turn it around for oh. you. And it was on that show and it okay. obviously didn't make it through. It didn't make it. I mean, like no. it was on the show and then they still ended Turned up getting, into yeah, the they, they still ended up selling it. And, and oh, no. the guys who bought it, okay. they, and correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. This is what I heard. 
they are owners of two other bars, and they partnered to get this particular location because sure. both of them wanted it. Okay. So they just ended up partnering to both get it, yeah. and they opened up Bamboo Club. So I could be wrong about that. I, I, that's what I believe is... That sounds right to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they opened a Bamboo Club, mm -hmm. and cocktails are really good there. Yes. Yeah. Even better than I expected. I've, I've been there a couple times now. They, uh, during, you know, this this episode will be dated by this reference now. Okay. But uh, if anybody's listening months from now. But, uh, you this know. This will be on, like, next week. In, yeah. <laughs> so in L.A. County, um, during that period where bars were sort of, like, half open. Yeah. Um, they were one of the few neo-tiki bars that took it upon themselves to create a specific COVID experience. Okay. Uh, it was amazing to me. What they did was they uh, took their parking lot and they fully, right. they fully transformed it into an outdoor bar. Yeah. Complete with the experience that a lot of neo-tiki bars have now where you order a certain cocktail and the place transforms. So they had mm. they had set up all these things like a little volcano and yeah. lights and stuff. So See, I saw that against the wall, yeah. but I never saw it actually explode. Operate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's super cool. So and I was I, that if you ordered a specific drink. You know what? Now that I think about it, I think it was just a timing thing where it's okay. like every twenty minutes the volcano. Oh, okay, lights. okay, yeah. And so the the thing is like, but but yeah. Like I went there and was shocked at how super high quality the, the cocktails were. In, so, my, in my opinion, yeah. I've yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So the cocktails are great, and I've had them on the podcast before. So if they're oh, listening to this, I would like to tell them that I love their patio out in the parking lot. Mm. They have that giant tent out yeah. there, and I hope they continue to do that going forward. Yeah. Because what I envision is live music out there yeah. and another bar yeah. possibly right uh, and then have it really be more tiki'd up because it's just kind of a generic tent that they're doing for covid sure i don't know how much of that is realistic though because i believe there's like residences behind it yeah, yeah. so i there might yeah. be like a zoning issue yeah. but and the inside of the bar is beautiful yeah yeah, it's really great so yeah that's a fun bar and and i love that we got that bar that they're still hanging around. Yeah. Right? So far, yeah. Uh, it is a bummer that the timing was kind of bad. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's a miracle they survived, you know, like throughout that whole thing. Well, you know, like they were doing pretty good, but they were doing their marketplace and they were busy, you know. So uh, they were doing pretty good throughout yeah. that. And I hope they can hang around. Yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, so last year. Yes. Tell I was, me, I was tell me about your bar. bar. So yeah. I didn't know that you knew. But I, uh, I had been researching for quite a while. I wrote a business plan, maybe in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. Found investors and got some partners. We had uh, opened our LLC. Yep. We eventually obtained our liquor license. Wow. I That's looked no, at no probably, small feat in itself. Right. right. Well, we used a broker. So, okay. and that, that was a whole other thing. But there was a way that there's a way you can get one that's not as difficult as you think. Okay. But we got one. And we looked in four counties at different properties. And, you know, it's, it's kind of tough because when you find a spot that you like, you might say, hey, this would make a great bar. And then the landlord says, oh, well, we don't want a bar in this spot. Mm. 
but if you get past that because the landlord's okay, then the city might say, oh, we, we don't want a bar in this spot. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, it's not as easy as you think that you say, like, oh, this building is perfect. We should open a bar here. There's a lot of people say that and think it's as simple as that, but it really isn't. Yeah. So we finally found a spot on the corner of, I want to say it was Orange Thorpe. Orange Thorpe and Harbor. In which uh, city? Was in the city of Fullerton. Okay. Yeah. Directly across the street from the slide bar. Okay. Uh, this was after looking at probably a dozen different spots. We had um, the business license, we had the LLC, we had the liquor license, and then we signed a lease. So we actually had a lease. Um, wow, already geez. had a contractor. We were ready to go. Yeah, super close. We signed the lease, and maybe about 10 days later, they locked down everything for COVID. And... So we, we kind of sat on it thinking like, okay, well, let's wait and see what happens. And after about two months, we thought, well, if we end up building this spot, we might not even be able to open. Because we were looking at, uh, we signed the lease in March, and we thought if we take three or four months for a build out and we end up opening in July, uh, who knows if restrictions have been lifted. And we thought even October, we thought yeah. like, what about six months from now? Yeah. Even then, restrictions were going to be lifted. So we decided to pull out of the project. Yeah. We ended up having to... And so I'm not mentioning any names, but yeah. we ended up having to go to court to get all our, all our money back. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. it was a big headache. But, you know, it was something that I was excited about because we had this whole concept and, you know, we got, we got as close to signing a lease. Yeah. We had the liquor license. Yeah. We had the LLC. We had the concept. We had the space. We, I mean, we were... Yeah. We were ready to start, right? Yeah. And um, COVID happened. But, you know, looking back, I think it was a blessing in disguise because, yeah. you know, in doing the research, right, I had become like this, when I was writing this business plan, I was doing research on every city and surrounding city of a potential spot for these bars. Sure. And I learned the demographics of every spot, right? Mm. And so I knew what the average income was of the the surrounding cities wow. um the average age of the people that were actually going out and 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 enjoying like entertainment the disposable uh amount of money that they would be spending in these places wow. and so i knew all this stuff from i mean like it was like two years in the making yeah right and now looking back like even knowing all that information you're still going to have like a three-year ROI. Yep. So you put on all your money, you build this spot, and you're not in the black until like after the third year. Absolutely. Like the first three years, you're in the red. Yeah. That's on a strong economy. Yeah. yeah. You open a bar now, now. <laughs> right? What's your ROI now? Right? You have you have people that are, you know, bars that exist can't stay awake, yeah. you know, stay alive. Yeah, let alone... Let alone bars. a new bar yeah. that's trying to make their way into this particular yep. genre, yeah, right? Build, build a new clientele, everything. Right, you can't build a new clientele. Like, it's going to be impossible. Yeah. So what's the ROI now? Five years? Six years? Seven years? Yeah. I can't wait that long Mm-mm. to get a return on my money. Yeah. You know? So uh, we decided that right now the timing wasn't right, yep. and um, we pulled the plug on it, which was yeah. a little bit of a bummer because I was looking forward to, to doing that. Do you, um, you don't have to say it, but if you don't want to, but do you, do you still have plans on doing it on the other side of this? Uh, no. 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 Uh, uh, because 
Well, number one, uh, I don't think my partners are going to be as open about it. Okay. And um, number two, I don't know if I feel comfortable enough to take the risk. Yeah. Because like I said, in a strong economy, you're, you're looking at three years before sure. you start making money. I don't know when the economy will be strong enough to try that again. Yeah. Is it going to be this summer? Yeah. Is it going to be next year? We don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. So if it's next year yeah. and then it's three years, that's four years from now. Yeah. You know? Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be longer than that. A lot of people have been talking about how when we're coming, as we come out of COVID, like, you know, no, no one can really know the future of how the future is going to work out on the other side of the, you know, the vaccines and everything. Right. But people have been saying like, oh, in the best case scenario, it's almost going to be like another version of the Roaring Twenties where everybody is just like so excited to go out again that it's going to be just like a party nonstop. Right. Right. So there's that. <laughs> it's right. like it's going to be, you know, bars. Bars well, are going to be. I thought about that. <laughs> like, what, what's your thought on that? If things start opening up again, mm-hmm. are you just going to start going out? Right. I think that is, a lot of people are going to be hesitant. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want to make sure I'm fully vaccinated yeah. first. Yeah. And I'm still going to be hesitant. Yeah. Even if I'm fully vaccinated, I'm probably still going to wear a mask. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm probably not going to feel comfortable about it. Absolutely. And I can't be the only one who feels that way. Yeah. And so how long is it going to take for me? Yeah. Especially in like, uh, you know, in California, I think that people in California for the, I would say by and large, are more careful than not careful. Sure. And so I think that in this state, it's going to be one of those ones where people are more anxious than other states. You know, like I look back and I was talking about this with my son. Mm -hmm. I look back at the way that we used to live pre-COVID. Sure. And I wonder if it'll ever be like that again. So let me give you an example. And my son gave me this example. So this is not coming from me. This is coming from him. Mm -hmm. He said, you remember, Dad, the nights that you'd go to the bowling alley with your friends and you'd order hot wings and nachos and you'd put your fingers into a bowling ball (laughs) that you pulled off the rack that all these other people like put their sweaty fingers in. Yeah. You threw the ball on the on the, the lane, yeah. and then you turned around and you picked up the nachos yeah. with the same fingers, and yeah. you picked up the hot wings with the same fingers. And I thought, that sounds utterly disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and the buffets. Yeah. Right? The yeah. same people who like I remember one time being at a buffet and watching these kids play with the chocolate fountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would dip stuff in the chocolate like fountain. Yeah. yeah. They would stick their fingers oh, no. underneath yeah. yep. the, the, the fountain, underneath the chocolate yeah. falling, lick their, lick their fingers, stick and then stick it back in. in. <laughs> right? Oh, no. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and, and it's like... Quickly becoming a relic. Oh, my God. Like, there's so much of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like where we're going to be like a year or two from now with all this. We were just saying how like we're living in now the current and soon to be quote unquote post COVID world, which is um, it may be a situation where now year to year we're we're getting vaccinated for COVID, right? Just like flu, right? Yeah, right. Because like, oh, there are strains, new strains all the time. Yeah, every six yeah, months, yeah. get the COVID vaccine. Yeah, yeah. So that that's sort of something to be introduced now. And we were saying about how like 
a lot of Asian cultures, like especially like you look at Japan and China, and how they have been wearing masks for years, All even the time. even pre-COVID, right? Just like oh, you're sick. Like why would you go out in public and wear a mask? You know, like not have a mask on your face. I almost see myself doing that anyway mm -hmm. because. Why not? I mean, <clears throat> so what if people laugh at me? They laugh at me for other stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> I'll wear the mask, you know? Sure. If you want to make fun of me, then like, hey, I'd rather you make fun of me and I go home not being sick. Sure. and and Or not making or you sick. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm okay with yeah. with that, I think. But um, I don't know. It's it's a new world that we live in, yeah. you know? So It's a, it's uh, a developing story, it's, as it's they say. It's a developing story, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's too bad because I would have loved to have gone to a bar and been like, oh my God, this is Adrian's bar. Oh, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I would have loved to do that too. I would have loved to have my own bar. But, yeah. you know, I guess it's not in the cards. I guess it was not meant to be. And, and in retrospect, looking back, I think I dodged a bullet because mm. if we opened the bar anyway, mm. I think that we'd be so red right now yeah. with our finances well, yeah. that I would be in a situation that I'd prefer not to have been in. Mm-hmm. I mean, like right now, I don't have a bar, but I'm also not on the hook with a lease, mm -hmm. and I'm not in the red with my finances. Right. So, yep. I think it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, but who knows what the future holds? You know, I mean, um, you know, truth be told, I wasn't going to be behind the bar anyway because mm. I'm not a bartender. So, mm. right. We had a guy that was going to be our bar manager that that. Uh, he he ran another bar in downtown LA that made really great craft cocktails. Sure. And he was gonna create our our bar program. Wow. And yeah, I mean, we had like I want to know what it is, but I'll I tell you. Wanna... I'll tell you after <laughs> Off, this. offline. Yeah. yeah I, I don't want to say his name <laughs> sure. out of respect for I, I I don't have his permission to say yeah, yeah. his name. Yeah. And I don't want to out him, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. So um, and and I I don't want to say the bar that he worked at either, but yeah. he ran a really great bar that ended up going under because of COVID. Oh no. Which is a bummer. And it was a really unique concept, and they had really great cocktails there in downtown L.A. How long were they around? Oh, for a few years. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. You may have even drank yeah, there. Yeah, I probably went yeah, there. You may have <laughs> even drank there. Sure. Uh, it was one of my favorite bars. Was it? I shouldn't ask any more questions. <laughs> I'll tell you after we okay. record. And, and what's going to happen are people are going to start texting me, and yeah, they're going to start yeah. like... DMing me and, and, and in the comments below, they're gonna what they're gonna start. Hey, what was that bar? <laughs> so sure, but um, yeah, who who knows what's gonna happen after this whole thing? Yeah. We'll see. You know, we're in our uncharted territory. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a like. Um, oh, no, I'm gonna blank on the name because uh, I'm trying to remember it. That I so I had a list of bars to visit in L.A. ever since coming back to L.A. And um, like we talked about before the podcast, there was Tiki Tony's, which has been around forever. Tony's, I should say. Tony's. Yeah, just straight in up Tony's. North Hollywood? In, well, Tony's in Redondo, which is. Oh, around, Tony's. Tony's yeah, in Redondo, yeah, yeah. Century, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I had a few like Neo Tiki bars that I was already a fan of. But um, there is one downtown that was on like a rooftop or something that I had been. Yeah, there's to visit. a couple down there. Yeah. And that particular bar is part of a nationwide franchise. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember God, the name of it, though. Name, name oh, escapes no. me. I've been there a couple times. That's, I was hoping you would know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was on my list. I haven't been there yet. But that was like a self-proclaimed, like, we are a new, like, but there's one, like, that's in South Florida and whatnot. So, um, yeah, let's look it up. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to text somebody right now. Oh, man. He, he's going to know. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what? I actually have it. I have a to-do list. <laughs> so, a to-do list. Okay. <laughs> it's a tiki to-do list that I can look at right now. That uh, that I wanted to really try. So, but what's on your to do list? 
Well, let's see. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's a whole conversation in itself. My goodness. I have, um, well, you know, at the beginning of this particular podcast episode, we talked about, um, that's what I was, that's sort of what I was hinting at. It's like, I was like, oh, you've been to so many, you know? Okay. And the thing is, is that somebody of your caliber in the tiki world, I would imagine. I'm flattered that you're that, using these oh, words. Okay. Well, but it's true. <laughs> Thank you. It's, I mean, we're, to be fair, I'm humble. We, we are sitting inside of an absolutely A level custom tiki Thank bar you. that you've I'm, I'm humbled. So, I'm humbled. So, with Sorry. that in mind, it's like someone like you, you probably don't keep track. Okay. Right? Someone like me, I do keep track. Okay. Just for fun. Okay. And so I know exactly. Someone like you is kind of making me feel uh, uncomfortable, but well, okay. Right. Well, the thing, because like, you know, I, I'm a, a huge tiki enthusiast, but I actually keep track of how many unique tiki bars I've been to in the world. And so I have the real number that I can okay. be like, I've been okay. many, you know. Okay. But I'm like, oh, well, Adrian's probably been like 80 of these. He doesn't I, even I've realize. I've never thought about it, honestly. <laughs> Um, so with that, so I have a, do- I'm looking at the document right now. Okay. Um, so let's hear it. And the funny thing is, is, and this is, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say these things on this podcast, but, and the, the whole reason I started this document is because somebody wants to ask me, um, that knows, that knows that I'm a tiki nerd. Yeah. They were like, what's your, you know, uh, what's, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? That's yeah, it. Yeah. What's your favorite tiki bar? And I was like, oh, that's a tough question to answer. And when I said that, I'm like, well, I would have to narrow it down to a top 10. Okay. So. Let me interrupt you real quick. Sure. Someone has asked me what my favorite tiki bar in the world is. Yeah. And when I gave that answer, they said, oh, so you think that's the best tiki bar? And I said, no. That's my favorite tiki bar. Yeah. My favorite and the best are two, two different, different things. things. Yeah. 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 And they didn't understand that. Uh-huh. Because the best doesn't have to be, like my favorite, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, please My go. favorite is the tiki tea. Yeah. And the reason why it's the tiki tea is a lot of things. Number one, it's a direct lineage to Don the Beachcomber. Absolutely. Through, through Ray Buen. Yeah. And we're doing that through Mike Jr., Mike Sr., yep. who was their, you know, Ray Buen was their Absolutely. father and grandfather, yeah. right? Yep. Who was one of the original four Filipinos of Don the Beachcomber. So there's the lineage. There's also the fact that when I buy a cocktail from them, I'm not helping a CEO pay for his mansion. Yes. I'm not helping some corporation like, you know, uh, help them with their stock exchange or whatever. I'm helping somebody pay for their kid's private school or I'm helping somebody put food on the table for and directly with that because me buying this cocktail is putting money into their particular business, right? It's not funding some big pyramid, you know what I mean? And so it's it's the it's the his, history, it's the legacy, it's the family component, and it's the fact that like it's old Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? It's everything, mm-hmm. right? That's what makes it my favorite. Do I think they make the best drinks? No. <laughs> I, actually, like there are so many other bars I think make better drinks. Mm. And I apologize for tiki, tiki <laughs> tea if. They, their feelings are hurt by that. Sure. I, the, I don't mean to hurt their feelings yeah, by that. Yeah. And I don't I mean any kind of disrespect at all yeah. by that. The, they do what they do to, to make the most money possible. Mm-hmm. That's the rule of business. And that's okay. Right? Now, I think the best, for me, the best experience is probably like the Mai Kai. Right? Awesome. Yeah. It's not my favorite bar. The yeah. Molokai bar is not my favorite bar. Sure. Yeah. Because 
they don't know me the way that the, the guys yeah. at the Tiki Tee know me. Absolutely. And why would they? I, yeah. I'm not in there every week that, the way that I am at the Tiki Tee. And I've, I've gone to be pretty close with the family at the Tiki Tee. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of a pseudo family to me too, mm-hmm. right? So if I see them, they treat me as such, right? They don't do that to me at the Maikai. Mm-hmm. But the Maikai has its own legacy, and the Maikai has, in my opinion, they have better cocktails. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But so, they're not my favorite, though, right? So they're 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 those are different things. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm sorry I interrupted no, you. No, no. So let me get back to what you're saying. Oh, I was I was just looking at my my list. That, well, and it's I guess the best way to piggyback off off of what you just said was. Um, when I was first asked that question, okay, I wasn't sure to a- how to answer it. And then, while you were saying this, oh. I'm going to make us a drink. Sure, okay. are you okay with that? Yeah, okay. And the person who originally asked me that question still, in my opinion, has the best follow-up answer, which okay. was because uh, I said, "Wow, that's a hard question to answer." And then they said, "Well, what is the tiki bar that while you're standing outside of it right before you walk in do you want some more of this blood no. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna dump sure. it all right. uh, there's a whole drink in there yeah, uh, i'm sure yeah <laughs> all uh, right they said what what is the bar that while you're standing outside about to go in is the most excited that you are okay. and i was like wow that is that's a, a great, great question way. that is a great question yeah, yeah. And, um, and when they said that ever since then they've um, reframed the way that I thought about tiki bars because I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like, what is the most you're excited yeah. to enter in the in like the ten seconds before I walk through the doors? Yeah. That I'm just like, I can't believe I'm here. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And so that now I think of that when I look at my what used to be top ten, I had to expand it to a top twenty. Okay. Just just to, just to um, you know. So this uh, is the order in which you're excited. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But, all right. uh, I want to. I want to hear this. Oh, it's. I'm going to be crucified if I say them all. But let me. Uh, I would. I. I'm just looking at this list just to find the one downtown that I was trying to think of. You know what I mean? Okay. Um. It's probably it might not be on this list. That's going to kill me. Uh. Come on. Is it? In so here? you're talking about downtown. You're talking yeah. about locally. Yes. Okay. Oh gosh. What is it? Oh no. Where is it? It should be in the LA list. Oh no. I'm going to give my. It's not broken. No, it's not broken shaker. There's another one, right? Is it broken shaker? Broken shaker is the one on the rooftop. Yes. Yeah. It's probably broken shaker. I think broken shaker. Has You're most excited locations. about that bar? No, 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 no. That's not oh, my top. Okay, okay. That was. I was just bringing that up as the one that I was like. Because oh, no that's... offense to the guys at broken shaker, but it just doesn't excite me. Yeah. No, no, no. And <laughs> and to be fair, again, like I haven't even been there yet, and I've already apologized. Him, but... Right. It was on my list purely as one that I haven't been to yet. Okay. That people have told me to go check out. That you gotta go. Yeah. And um, so I've yet to go. And oh, that's right. The reason I thought, excuse me, the reason I thought of it in the first place was when we were talking about bars that are trying to survive through COVID. Okay. And it was like, oh, there's certain bars that are even new bars that have multiple locations that. It's like, oh, are they even going to make it until the moment that I can actually walk in? Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, if Gosh, if I went through my list, it's uh, this is one of those lists that I'm always like, oh, I should update it like weekly. Right. right. <laughs> but uh, so, um, gosh, just to go through this list, it's probably going to spawn a ton of different conversations. So okay. maybe I'll just go through it real okay. quick. Okay. All right. And then you can pick some of those and be like, oh, that one, you know? Um, 
but if I'm going from bottom to top. And the thing is, is that the one that sits at number one right now, this is one of those ones that you were just talking about where I was like, well, the reason that I enjoy that bar is specifically because it has the mix of, I'm, I'm just like you, I'm sure. I'm really into the history of tiki culture. History, yeah. And so when I think of bars that I'm like, wow, well, this one has made such a contribution to the yeah. history. Yeah. And I'm like, the cocktails might not be as good as other places, but it's the net effect. And so with all that in mind, um, so here I go. All right, <laughs> all right. Everybody who's listening can come and, and kill me. Uh, so this is, t- this is a 20, so I'm going to run it through. Uh, number t- number twenty, Mother of Pearl, New York City. Oh, Love never been that there. One. Oh, it's super good. Okay. Um, and again, we could talk about these in specific after. I'll just run through them real quick here. Um, that then actually nineteen is Tonga Hut, North Hollywood. Okay. Next one is Contiki, Tucson. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm listening. 18, Contiki Tucson. Uh, 17. Contiki oh. Tucson's 18. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared to say this to you. Okay. And everyone else. Oh, my God, you're going to kill me. It's okay. Okay. So. 17 is Tiki T. <laughs> no, you'll be happy with where Tiki T is, maybe. Okay. Depending on how you feel about Tiki T. I know you love that place, so. Um, so Contiki is 18. 17 is The Reef in Palm Springs. Oh, why would you be scared to tell me that? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you, where, how you feel about these places. I, I love The Reef. I think that The Reef is, is, that's a 2013 Tiki bar. I think that it's... 2013. Yeah. As in, and the reason I'm, I call that year out is because it's, it's one of those bars that I feel like it's been open way longer than it has when I go in. I'm like, oh, this was open in like 1990-something, but no. Yeah. It was only open in 2013. And I think that it pays a fantastic homage to classic tiki. And uh, the, the drinks are, I think, really, really well made. And uh, I love that they have the outside patio area. I mm-hmm. like that it's part mm-hmm. of uh, what's called the, the Caliente uh, Resort right, right. there. Right. So they have the whole Caliente thing. Tropics. Yeah. Little known fact, by the way, pro tip. If you go to the reef and you buy a cocktail, you can jump in the pool. That is part of the rules. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> if you want to wear your bathing if you, suit. If you, want to, if you want to go in the pool, yeah. just buy a cocktail. Buy a cocktail. You don't have to stay at the don't hotel. Don't have to stay at the hotel. Oh. Wear your, wear, that's what they say. Wear your well, bathing suit. you know what? I think there's people that don't even do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They'll still, that. they'll still jump in. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the reef. Okay. 16. Pagan Idol, San Francisco. Okay. I love that bar. Uh, well, fi- we haven't even hit top 10 yet. I know. 15, three dots and a dash, Chicago. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, 14, Trader Sam's, Anaheim. Okay. 13, Forbidden Island, Alameda, California. Uh, 12, False Idol, San Diego, California. 11, Lono Tiki, Hollywood, California. 10, Smuggler's Cove. I know a lot of people will be like, what? Number 10? It's, it's in the top 10. Yeah. So number 10. Uh, nine. And this is where people really get upset. Um, Smuggler's Cove, San Francisco. Number 9, I put Van Tiki. 
But now, now that I know more history about Smuggler's Cove, I'm like, oh, God, I should probably swap. That's why I need to update this list. It's okay. Uh, number eight, Shameful Tiki Room, Vancouver, Canada. Seven, Pacific Seas in Los Rod's going to love that he made it higher than Smuggler's Cove. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna love that. Rod's gonna be like, dude, dude. Rod, or Rod, yeah. Rod, yeah Rod. Rod's gonna be like, dude, what the hell? I'm not number one. Uh, but yeah, I've said to you, I love, love, love Shameful Take Here. Uh, Pacific Seas is seven. Okay. Number six, The Grass Skirt in San Diego. I think that's an incredible dude, TV experience. Okay, so I have an opinion about that. Okay. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that after you finish okay. your list. Okay. So that's six. Number five, Undertow, Phoenix. Okay. Love that bar. Love that too. Number four, Tiki T. Oh, Tiki T made number four. Los Angeles. Okay. Number three, Holly Pele, Portland. Like that bar. Yeah. Number two, the Inferno Room, Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Love that bar. Number one, and this is again... All the history considered and everything. Tonga Room, San Francisco, in the Fairmont oh, Hotel. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay, so. so. So, talk to me. Oh, by the way, for, well, I just want to know what we're drinking. I just made it up. Oh, okay. I just made it up. <laughs> what did you so, put in it? When I, when I make a drink, I use uh, three different kinds of formulas. Okay. Are you familiar with the golden ratio? Uh, yeah. So I use the golden ratio. Yeah. You're the first person who said oh, yes yeah. to That's that. because I'm a designer. Oh, you we are. We use the same thing in design, yeah. Okay, so it uses the same ratio. Yeah. So the golden ratio is a 2-1-1 ratio. Mm-hmm. There's a daiquiri ratio, which is a 4-2-1. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one of sour, two of sweet, three yeah. of strong, four of weak. That's yeah. a punch ratio. Those yeah. are the three ratios that I use whenever I make a cocktail. And basically, it's like, to me, I see it as an algebraic equation. You take X, Y... And Z, and you just plug in all the variables. Nine times out of ten, you get a great drink. What I do is I'll plug in the variables, I'll taste it with a straw, and I'll think, is it too bitter? Is it too sweet? Is it too boozy? And I'll try to balance it. And I try to do that with this. Nice. I haven't drank it yet. Okay. It might be a tad on the sweet side. I did see you test it, so I was was thinking that. It might be a tad on the sweet side. (laughs) The reason why is because when I tasted it the first time, it was a tad on the bitter side. Mm. So I thought, let me try to sweeten it up. And then when I tried to sweeten it up, I thought I went a little too much. Okay. But we're going to find out. So what's what's in the drink? So Or do you know on a time? I put um, Sespe Creek Distillery's white rum. Wow. And I put Tanda White Gold in it. Okay. And then I also put... Um, I, put uh, I put simple syrup. I put honey syrup. I put honey... Uh, Orange juice, lime juice, and then I floated it with um, orange flower water, Peixos bitters, and Angostura. Wow, okay, yeah. great. So it's yeah. got a little bit of everything, but I tried to do it in such a way that it was, uh, I, I tried to balance it. So, But I can't guarantee that it is balanced. Wow, <laughs> so, okay. So I hope you like it. Ah, well, I'm honored so, already. Good so, luck. Yes. So here Cheers. we go. Here we Let's go. see. So. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. It is a tad on the, just a touch on the sweet side, I think. I think it needs a little bit more citrus, but. Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah, yours too, right? Yeah. Because it was bitter before I added the, what did I add? I added um, liquid alchemist strawberries, so that's what you're tasting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if I add, I bet if I add like a maybe like a half ounce of orange juice, it'll balance it out. Okay. So, but look, I'm a home bartender. <laughs> well, like you said, where yeah, you're like, and I've oh. had worse in other bars. Yeah. So I'll say that. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you like yeah. it. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. there you go. That's that's my logic behind it. I'm yep. not somebody that just does a little bit of this, a little bit of that, then hit the blender, right? Mm-hmm. I don't do that. <laughs> I, I I try to use some of the yeah. formulas to to make it. Um, and I think what would yeah. make it better is uh, more crushed ice, but I'm, hmm. I I got to refill the ice. Oh, so yeah. uh, I think crushed ice also would balance it out because mm. it'll add some dilution to it. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is a little on the sweet side, but that's good though. But it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not embarrassed about it. Well, it has a personality to it, which okay, is good. what I usually look for. So so, so that's. That's my thought. So anyway. So you had a specific thought about uh, the grass skirt. Okay. So here's my story about the grass skirt. Yes. You know they take a lot of shit. A lot of the locals don't like the grass skirt. Really? See, see, I don't know this. Yeah. Yeah. They say, like, the drinks aren't great. They play hip hop. Mm -hmm. Um, It it draws in the young kind of clubby kind of crowd. Okay. I've only been there once, so. Oh, you've only been there once. Yeah. I've been there a few times. How dare I put it so high on the list? I've only been there once. (laughs) No, I agree with you. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. Sure. And my local San Diegans, I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me start by saying that. The first time I went to the grass skirt, I knew what to expect. Now, I'm going to start by saying this. When you go to Applebee's and you order a Mai Tai, (laughs) and you get something that's not like a Vicks 44 Mai Tai, and you criticize it, and you take pictures of it, and you post it on Facebook, and you say, look what these fuckers gave me at Applebee's. You're the asshole. Yes. Because if you're expecting them to make you a 44 Mai Tai, yes. you're the asshole. <laughs> Adjust your expectations and enjoy it accordingly. Yes. Right? When I went to Roatan one time, this is an island off the coast of Honduras. I went there. I used to go there a lot, actually, with my family. Mm-hmm. There was one time I went down there with my wife and my kids, and it was the first day of vacation. The first day of vacation is the best day of vacation because it's just starting. Mm-hmm. We went to this bar on the beach, and I ordered a bucket of Coronas and a couple of cigars. Mm. And we sat down on this table, kind of like a picnic table kind of thing, and there was a cover band sitting on the beach. Behind them was the ocean. The sun was setting. And they started playing Margaritaville. <laughs> and as a tiki person, I'm supposed to hate Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> but at that moment, with my beers sure. and my cigars and Margaritaville playing with the sun setting on my first day of vacation, yeah. I was in heaven. Yeah. It was absolute heaven. It felt amazing, right? And I thought, I get it. I get it. It's escapism. Yeah. Okay. So adjust your expectations and you'll enjoy yourself. Or you could be an asshole. And I could have scoffed and I could have ruined my, the first day of my vacation. Sure. Right? Yeah. But I didn't. I adjusted my, my, my uh, yeah. expectations. Change, so Changes in latitude, changes in attitude. There you go. So <laughs> now let's go back to the grass skirt. So yeah. one night I go to the grass skirt. And this was after a long day. There was a rum... There was a spirits convention on oh, the my. pier in San Diego. I was there with Tando Irum. Mm-hmm. Uh, grass skirt was new. So mm-hmm. we thought, let's let's check it out. You know, what, what's this place? Yeah. We go in, 
and they're playing like Tupac Shakur. Oh no! <laughs> and yeah, and it was yeah. like bumping, right? It was okay. like loud, yeah. and the place wasn't really that. I mean, there was maybe like twenty people in there. Wow. Okay. And I was with like one of my Tandoi buddies. Can I ask what? Uh, when was this? It was a few years ago. It was probably oh, wow. like twenty. 17, maybe. Oh, so they really were, yeah. Really yeah, they were new. new. They were yeah. new. They were probably like less than six months old. They were Jeez. new. Jeez, okay. <clears throat> when we drove up, the music was bumping through like the walls. Oh, no. You could hear it through okay. the walls. <laughs> and we thought that kind of ironic because it's set up as a speakeasy, which means it's supposed to be hidden. Yeah. So you walk in and it's what, like a dumpling or a sushi or whatever yep. entrance, yep. right? That's it. And it's supposed to be a speakeasy, it's in the but like if it's bumping, you know that it's there, yeah. right? The whole point of a speakeasy is that it's hidden. You'd be quiet, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so we're like, uh, already off the top of my head, I'm rolling my eyes and I'm thinking like, oh, what's this stupid place? Like, sure. You know, they're doing it wrong. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be a speakeasy. Well, we go in. We order drinks, and right off the bat, I'm being a tiki snob. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, look at this drink. Like, what's this supposed to be? Is this supposed to be a Mai Tai or whatever it was that I ordered? I don't remember. Yeah. Why are they playing Tupac? Yeah. Why are they playing Biggie? Mm -hmm. And mind you, in the 90s, I was in my 20s. You know, I was not really much of a tiki guy back then. I I did, like, collect tikis and stuff, but there was no tiki scene, so I had yet to acquire the tiki snobbery (laughs) (laughs) that I possess today. So they're playing this stuff, and song after song after song, I'm actually like starting to enjoy it because it's nostalgic for me. It's bringing me back to when you know I was in my 20s and 90s. And I turn to the Tandawai guy, and I say, I hate to say this, but I'm actually kind of digging this. <laughs> and he laughed and he's like, I am too. And ah, he smiled. Yeah, yeah. And then from that point forward, I was like, fuck it. I'm yeah. enjoying the music and I'm going to have a good time. Yep. So we ordered drinks. And of course, it was on Tandawai's tab. Mm. So we drank and we ate and we, and we listened to this music and I just had a good time. I adjusted my expectations and I enjoyed myself. Yep. I, I accepted it for what it was. Yeah. So I thought, wow, what a magical night, right? So then uh, I never shared that with anybody. Fast forward like a few months. You heard it here here first, folks, on the Desert Oasis Fast forward a few months, I go back, and now they're playing 70s, I think it was disco. Okay. There was Blondie and Bee Gees and that stuff. Yeah. And the first time I heard it I was like oh what the hell are they playing yeah. where are they not playing Martin Denny sure, where yeah. are they not playing Arthur Lyman yeah. what is this yeah. and after about two or three songs and I had a drink in me I was like bobbing my head yeah, and I yeah. turned to the Tandawai guy and I said dude this place has some kind of magic because no matter what they play I'm actually enjoying it and yeah. he said to me he's like you know what this is actually his actually." Pretty cool right now. I'm actually yeah. really enjoying this Absolutely. myself. And yeah. it was the whole nostalgia thing, yeah. right? It reminded me, like, brought me back to my youth. Yeah. We were having drinks and we were just, we were enjoying ourselves, right? Yeah. And I thought, man, and I said to him, man, you know what, dude? I said, uh, no matter whenever we come in this place, it doesn't matter what they're playing. Like, there's some kind of magic about this place. Yeah. And I actually kind of dig it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, the drinks aren't the best. Yep. The music is definitely like like not exotica or or Hawaiian sure, or yeah. tiki or anything like that, <clears throat> but like 
you know, if you adjust your expectations, you can enjoy yourself. And that's my thought of the grass skirt. Yeah. Right? So when you put it on your list, what was it at? Number four? I think it says six. Six. Yep. Yeah. So number six. Yeah. So when you said that you were going to, that I was going to like, oh, you're going <laughs> to laugh at me or scoff at me or sure, whatever. Yeah. When you put that up there, I thought, you know what? I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm totally with you on and that. The, where it's, I mean, like, just this idea. I mean, I, maybe I'll take that and branch it into another discussion, which is, um, you know, and again, I apologize if this is a, a severe departure, but something that I thought about talking to you about before coming on the podcast today was this interesting bridge that we have now between, and, you know, we have the Maikai that's sort of on the verge of death right now. Yeah. And, you look at it's 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 such a thing to bridge, which I never th- honestly thought yeah, would ever, thought ever about happen. It. Yeah, yeah, and that that sort of bridges into what is now the neo tiki vanguard of like these bars that are paying a not some of them are paying homage to like oh this is what like the tiki world used to be yeah and some of them are like well this is what the tiki world can be you yeah. know and twisting these classic recipes and so. It's interesting to look at like a place like the grass skirt. So when I went, the I discovered the grass skirt when I went to Tiki Oasis 2019. So it's pretty recent for me compared to where you first saw it. And so um, going there more recently than, than when you've been there, mm-hmm. um, it was one of those things where comparing it to the rubric of what right. my old friend Jess and I used to do, uh, I used to compare it to, I used to say, so, you know, um, not to make a long story longer, but it's like the, the pyramid was, we would say, okay, well, you judge the tiki bar in a descending order of importance. And so you say that the number one thing that you should judge a tiki bar on is the quality of its cocktails. And so we say like, okay, that, so there, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I was saying like, therefore it should be rated first and foremost on that but if the next level down is like above and beyond then it can help out so i'm gonna interrupt you again sorry um i don't judge a tiki bar experience by its cocktails Mm. i judge it by the overall experience Experience. because the experience can make up for the cocktails yep right so that's why i have tongue on the top okay all right all right because it's they don't you don't get the best cocktails at Tonga yeah, Room, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, you don't. Not yeah. at all. My, our, our last category we called spirit. And that was, we said, okay, this is the net effect of everything. And that can bring everything up. Right. And the thing is, is that, and we also had something that we called bonus category. Yeah. And bonus category was something that we, we considered something to be like a throwback to the, well, it's both a throwback to the old Tiki bars and the new Tiki bars where, um, you order a certain drink, there's a presentation involved gotcha. with the drink. Okay. And or things like you were talking about, which is like, what are the, what's the music they're playing? Right. What is the ambiance of the place? And so with Grass Skirt, I think the thing that blew me away was I went in, they, like we talked about earlier, we got to sit at the bar. Um, they have all sorts of bizarre stuff at the bar, such mm-hmm. as like the there's there's a fire that's at the bar that has like a video projection that's right. going on right. and all sorts of stuff. Um, but right away we were, we were like, oh my God, there is, um, you order certain drinks and like bells and whistles go off. There's like steam things that shoot out from the ceilings. 
the bar lights up with fake fire and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, there, there's old tiki temples that have this, like the tiki tea, which you have, you know, the toro toro bull. Right. That comes right. across. Right. You have ooga booga right. that ooga happens. Booga. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is extremely specific, but, but, you know, the bell. And so you have things like that that are specific to that bar. Right. right. And uh, you go to places, you know, like Trader Sam's, Anaheim, even though that's part of the Disney franchise. Right. They have certain drinks that are involved. Right. Oh, you ordered so this. So I'll, I'll say this. So the guys who designed, well, who were part of the designer Trader Sam, sure. used to be regulars at the Tiki Tea. Oh. So the drinks where they do the whole chanting, the uh, oh, uh, yeah. and uh, what like, was it, the shipwreck or and whatever the, uh, it Krakatoa. And the Krakatoa. Yeah. We're not going to make it. Those guys that were regulars of the Tiki Tea brought yeah. that to Trader Sam's. Yes. So the, if you follow the lineage, it started from those guys sitting at the Tiki Tea yep. and hearing the Toro Toro yeah. and hearing the Ooga Booga. Yeah. And when they were hired to help design that bar... They thought we should bring this into this bar as well. Yep. And so that's where that, that yeah. comes from. Yeah. Exactly. That and and that's the thing, is like I whenever I go to any bar that has any kind of drink specific event, I I have to assume that they're tying that back to the original mid century lineage sure. of bars that used sure. to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I don't know what other drinks are out there that used to do that, but I the Tiki Tea, they still carry that. Yeah. Right. The Inferno Room of Indianapolis, this is why it's so high on my list. Is okay. uh, Because of that experience. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, this is a very personal thing to bring up, but um, I did. So I was doing a East Coast to West Coast tour by that, at that moment. I was visiting as many tiki bars as I could from New York City to Los Angeles. Very nice. And yeah. And my brother, who's also a big tiki guy, <laughs> Uh, he, thank God, called me the day before yeah, I started yeah, that tour. Yeah. And he said, you have to go to the in, to the Inferno Room. Yeah. He's like, they're not even open yet wow. <laughs> when I called. And when he called. and uh, It was new. It was new. So new that they weren't open. They weren't open. They weren't even how open. How did he yet. know about it then? I don't know how my brother found out about it. Because, I mean, if they weren't open yet, like, I mean. Yeah. They were still on that uh, soft open list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I, I, again, like, you know, shout out to my brother. I don't know how yeah, he found yeah, out yeah. about it, but uh, it, this was hilarious. And, um, you know, I apologize to, you know, if the Inferno Room ever listens to this. I don't remember the names of the people that actually own that bar. Okay. But uh, I started my drive in New Jersey. Okay. And right from day one, I started calling the Inferno Room constantly and saying, like, Hey, you know, like yeah. I really, really want to come in. I know yeah. that you guys are in soft open. Please let me in. Yeah. I really want to take a look at your bar. Yeah. And um, and it all led up to the day that I was in, checked into my hotel in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I called them again, and they picked up the phone. Yeah. And they were like, "Hey," they said, "This is like the fourth time that we've gotten the call from this number. Like, are you a journalist?" Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, listen, I'm I'm a tiki enthusiast. I look into these kinds of things. Like, would you be, please let me, yeah, <laughs> please yeah. let me in? And they were like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, come yeah. on, if you come on down tonight, we'll let you in. And yeah, and um, you know, God bless those guys. They they did a thing very specifically for me that was you know very very kind of them. Where 
I came in very late at night. I yeah. I went into town early to go to a um, a whiskey bar that that's very old school in town, and then circa eleven p.m. I went to the Inferno Room, and holy cow! Like any well, anybody who's listening to this now that might have been to the Inferno Room now, you know that it is as much as I it's, haven't even been there. Yeah, well, when you go, you'll see. That it's as much as a tiki bar as it is as a Papua New Guinea artwork museum. Okay. okay. And the owner... Um, I love that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, c- clearly because of your, you know, customer. Well, yeah, Papua New Guinea to me is like, <laughs> it's it's what really feels authentic because it's so tribal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the Trader Vic's that was up in Palo Alto was opened by a guy who basically just wanted to showcase his Papua New Guinea collection. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the owners, it's two people who own that bar. And uh, one of them, at least, is a big Papua New Guinea artwork collector. And they're a huge fan of Stephen Crane, who's yeah. from, that's the whole point of the bar is Stephen Crane is from Indianapolis. From Indianapolis. Okay. And so this, you know, this guy that's been like such a part of Tiki history. Wow. wow. And so when I went in, it was a little bit like going to Three Dots in a Dash where they have like yeah. the wall of skulls and everything. Yeah. yeah. And the bar is, that's one of their things at the right. Inferno Room. They have the bar that's the big pyramid of skulls. Right. But um, every single thing in all the way down to, they were pointing, this again, this was like very, you know, in the special tour that I got, they pointed out, they were like, listen, everything, including the banister, like the, the railing that goes up to the second floor is made out of specific bamboo that they had collected. Wow. They had to get cleared through the fire marshal and all this Dude, stuff. Dude, i got to see it now. Yeah, it's a beautiful bar. And that's another bar where they said, they're like, yeah, we've we've connected certain cocktails to the ambiance of the room. Yeah, yeah. So you order this cocktail, the room changes. Like, the they have, wow. a, big, they have a big tiki mask. See, that sounds super interesting. Yeah. They have a huge foyer when you walk in. Yeah. Where there's, there, there's the the mask that you know that they use as like the logo of the place. Yeah. And it shoots steam out of its eyes and everything when you right. order the certain drink and whatnot. And then on the second floor, they have a private room called the Stephen Crane Room, and that's it's dedicated specifically to the history of Stephen Crane. So. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's really, really great. And that was one of those bars. So, again, not to go on a micro tangent here, but when I did my, I did a Tiki tour in 2016. And that that was when I discovered Hale Pele in Portland. Okay. And I remember going there for the first time and being like, oh my God, I did not expect this bar to be this good. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I went there for the first time when it was still Thatch. Wow. Well, so that was before was Halle Pele. So wow. what's interesting was that it was Thatch for a while, and then when it was changing over to Halle Pele, so mm-hmm. I bumped into, I went to Trader Vic's in Portland afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was up there on business. We had an office up in Beaverton. God, what year was this? Jeez. Oh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> we had an office up in Beaverton, which is a suburb of Portland. Sure. And when I was up there on business, I thought, oh, I'm going to check out all the tiki bars. Thatch was one of them. I happened to actually be at Thatch on their very last night of operations. Wow. And um, so what is Thatch? Like it was. Thatch is Hale Pele. It was, right. But it I was, mean, like, what was the vibe of that bar? It was tiki. Oh, wow. And okay. it was pretty nice. It was pretty good. I mean, Hale Pele doesn't look much different. Okay. So went to Thatch. Drank, um, you know, for a few hours. Uh, it was the last night, and people tried to take 
things and the owner got pissed off <laughs> oh, i remember no. the owner like stopped some people and then he turned the music off and he turned to the oh, the patrons no. there and he said everybody listen to me even though it's our last night that doesn't mean that you can steal whatever you want oh, these no. people just tried to steal you know, he yeah. actually called them out. Yeah. And they tried to play it off and start laughing yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, they were oh, drunk no. and all that. And he's like, not cool. Yeah. He's like, please yeah. don't steal from us. Yeah, yeah. Then he turned the music back on. <laughs> and afterwards, I went to Trader Vic's, mm-hmm. was, which was still around. Wow. And uh, Blair Reynolds, who owns mm-hmm. um, uh, BG Reynolds, BG Reynolds awesome. Syrups, yes. Was yes. there, and I know Blair. Yeah, and uh, I said, Co- "Hey, co-owner of Holly hey, Family." Now I said, "Hey," and he was like, um, "Hey, what are you doing up here?" And I said, "I'm up here on business, and you know, I, I just came from Thatch, and da da da." You know, I said, "I'm bummed that it's closing down." Uh-huh. And I said, "Such a loss to Portland Tiki," and he said, "Well, it's not really closing down." He said, "You know, like." It, it might close down for a little bit, but it's going to reopen as Holly Pele. And he, he gave me the scoop that night. Mm-hmm. And um, then, of course, he sent me off with a bunch of syrups. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of cool. And then oh, Trader Vic's ended up closing down yeah, like a yeah. month later, which was a bummer. Yeah. But um, it was interesting because then I came back for Contiki. Yeah. And, or TikiCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get those backwards. Yep. I came back for TikiCon and went to Holly Pele. And I thought, oh, yeah, this was Thatch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, now it was different. Cocktails were better. Yep. The decor was a little bit better. Yeah. You know, Martin Kate was part of the whole deal. Yep. He always makes everything better. Of course. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of interesting, you know. And it's it, it's funny that people forget that it was something else before. You know, you know what, Adrian? This is, why, this is why it's so exciting talking to you. Because, <laughs> oh. of course, I was like, I didn't, didn't even put that together. I'm like, of course you knew Reynolds. Of course, you know him. Yeah, before. yeah. It was because like <laughs> I was I was walking into Trader Vic's as he was walking out, and so we bumped into each other on yeah. the sidewalk, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, hey, yeah. what are you doing here?" You know, I didn't tell people I was up there. I was yeah. there on business, and yeah. I said, "Oh, you know, I'm in town for business," and blah blah blah. Yeah. He told me that story, and then I said, "Hey, I want to run in before they close because Trader Vic's was going to close in like 20 minutes." I said, "I want to run in and get a drink because." Yeah. I was on the company credit card, uh-huh. so it was whenever I traveled, like I could, I could expense, and sure, I was like, yeah. "Look, I don't want to like let me go in and get a drink, get a mug, and all that stuff. The company's That's paying for it." Yeah. And he was, mm. he told me that story on the sidewalk, mm. and then he mm. said, "Hey, before you, before you go, let me get you some syrups." And I said, "Sure." And his, his car was right on the sidewalk, yeah. and he gave me a couple of syrups. Yeah. Wow! And cool. so I got to take some syrups home, went inside, had a drink, um, you know. It, it was neat. I didn't expect that that was going to be my last visit to Trader yeah. Vicks, yeah. which is ironic that I posted on my Instagram the other day, mm. my last visit to the Maikai was the last Hukilau. Yep. And I, my post was that, here are pictures from my last visit to the Maikai. I hope it wasn't my the last, last visit yeah. to the Maikai. Exactly, yeah. Because that would be devastating. Yeah. But... Oh, it's yeah. so awesome. I'm I'm like uh, I'm full geek out mode now because are you? <laughs> well, just because it was, you know, I I'm this is me speaking as somebody who I I can only self identify as somebody from the neo tiki era. Gotcha. And uh, and by that I mean like anybody who got into the real tiki world. I consider myself getting into the real tiki world in 2008, 
And, oh, um, gotcha. And, uh, you know, my, you know, again, I'm not going to talk about this on the podcast because of time restrictions. But my whole family is a big, they're all rum enthusiasts. That's why I'm in a tiki in the first place. But, like, I didn't, I don't really consider myself like a tiki fan until circa 2008, 2009. Okay. And um, it was circa like 2000, it wasn't until 2015 that I realized this whole connection between like Martin Kate and the Reynolds. Oh, and okay. That was when, again, that's because that's what I was just talking about before we went on this whole side tangent of like when I went to Holly Paley for the very first time. Yeah. And uh, so something that, I like to do. Yeah. Uh, anytime, and you know, I, I'm sure alcohol has something to do with it. <laughs> but, but anytime that I go to a new, especially if I go to a new tiki bar, yeah. um, that uh, if it, in my opinion, has, is clearly a place that has been built out of an extreme understanding of the tiki culture, yeah. I demand to talk to the owner. Yeah. And, um, and usually that works out. <laughs> yeah, you want to know, like, yeah, like, are you a tiki guy? Yeah, How yeah. did you open this? Like, what, what brought you here? Honestly, for my All sake, stuff, yeah, it's just because I want to tell them that they are geniuses. Yeah, and um, well, this this subculture, because what it is is a subculture. Yeah, is since it's not on everybody's radar, it mm. does interest me when people find it yeah especially people that want to open a business doing yeah. this you yeah know? you know like it's well look at rod moore he's the guy yeah. who went to tiki oasis and then after his experience was like oh i think this is what i want to do with the rest yeah, of my life yeah, yeah yeah there's a lot of that out there yeah yeah so but yeah so i in that tiki tour that in 2016 right so it was a situation where um, that it was my friend Jessica Farr who when I was on the way down the reason so I had plotted I had fully planned that trip out before I did it okay but my the reason I was stopping in Portland was for Alibi and I was oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like well Alibi is like such a contributor to the history of cocktail sure. culture not only sure. tiki culture so of course I'm going to stop there yeah and literally while I was in the car driving down Jessica messages me and she goes Hey, by the way, there's a place called Halle Pele. Yeah. She's like, I haven't been, but it's new and you should go. Yeah. And so, um, and I, you know, I've, I had friends in every one of these cities. So I had brought another friend of mine with me and I was like, let's go to Alibi. And then after Alibi, um, and this is sort of a sidebar, but I was like, ah, bummer. Like Alibi is a great tribute to Tiki history, but the cocktails are tar- terrible. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, they suck. And so I was, and then it was already late that night and I said, well, we should go to Holly Pele before they close. Yeah, yeah. And so we go to Holly Pele, and when as soon as I walked in, I was like, "Oh no, yeah. this place is great." And then when I had one of the cocktails, I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, 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 this place is way better." Yeah. So what I had done is that I had adjusted my return schedule, and I said, "Okay, well, on the way back, I'm now I'm going to go to Holly Pele a second time because this might be a top ten contender." Yeah. And uh, so on the way back, that was when. And uh, I forget the name of the bartender at the time, but I told him, I was like, I'll be back. Yeah. And on the way back, I was, I said, hey, listen, is the manager here? Yeah. And uh, I talked to every manager all the way down that tour. And they were like, no, they're not here. And I was like, okay, well, can I talk to you at least about, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, who created this bar? 
they're like, oh, this is like the love child of Martin Kate and right, Reynolds. Right, right. And I was like, oh my God, well, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that's right. yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Like, well, that makes sense why they have an entire wall of Reynolds syrups across yeah. the wall. And, uh, and I'm like, and of course I love the Kates because of Smuggler's Cove. And um, so they, and they were like, oh yeah, we're about to, at that time, they're like, we're about to get this list going of like 50 tiki so cocktails awesome. you can go through and the, whatever they call it, the volcano list yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was like, well, okay, well that. I tell you, man, like Martin is, he's been such a supporter of the podcast and I've known him for so long. He's, he's a good friend. Yeah. So. I saw a photo of you and him the other day. I was like, yeah. that's oh, so that's cool. funny. Yeah. 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 I've known him for like 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a. He's such a supporter of the podcast, so I, I want to shout out Martin Caton and, and all the bars that he's involved with. He does such a good job. Absolutely, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I really hope to go to Whitechapel. So I haven't been to Whitechapel been yet there. for the gin bar. You've been to yeah. False, right? False yes. Idol. Yeah. 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 I went yeah, there so for another the one of his. Yeah, yeah. I went there in 2019 for my first time. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Very cool. Oh, man. Well, this podcast did not come out the way that we had planned. <laughs> so for our listeners out there, typically we try to put bullet points together and make notes and say, okay, let's talk about this, let's talk about that. We hit most of them for the did most we really? part. Yeah, because we okay. talked about your bar that okay. you didn't open. Yeah. It's yeah. not what I expected, but <laughs> hey, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. So for our listeners out there, if they want to find you online, mm -hmm. where can we send them? Well, uh, just go to YouTube and you can look up, uh, it's called Cocktail Fridays. My last name is Badgero, like the animal badger, and uh, you can look up, I was just telling somebody, if you really want to look me up, just type in Cocktail Fridays Badgero, and that's a very fast way to find me on YouTube. I'm producing uh, bi-weekly at this moment, uh, cocktail, pod, like a video podcast basically, about uh, how to make your favorite classic tiki recipes. And for all our, all our listeners out there, I'm going to put a link in the description below of our friend David's YouTube channel so you can check out some of his cocktail videos. Thank you. So uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate thanks it so much. Thanks for making this uh, great cocktail. Yeah, I appreciate you driving all the way out here yeah. from Burbank and yeah. we are going to record actually another video right now. I'm like actually kind of buzzing right now <laughs> because of all the stuff that we've made so far. Yeah. But we are going to record a video right now for David's YouTube channel. So check out the description below for that link and yeah. we're going to put that down there. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Adrian. All right. Cheers and aloha, people. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Bye.